Reflecting on the water As the sun shuts her eyes Don't know why you'll uncover Watch the tide rolling With the moonlight Everything is silent On this wheezy bed of night You are listening to Missing Magnolias. This is a our mini-series, Cedar Creek Crime Diary. Diaries Part 3. If you're just tuning in, be sure to check out Parts 1 and 2. And as we've said in in our previous two episodes, this is uh, new content for us. This is much more journalistic than we typically get into. So we're happy today to have a proper journalist with us, Sabrina LaBeouf, the news star, who's really been a, a whistleblower on this case. So welcome. Welcome, Sabrina. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me, Scarlett. As a journalist, it must be a little bit strange. You're kind of in the hot seat now that we're asking the questions. And yeah, it must have been weird. We just trickled in your inbox, uh, True Crime Podcast. And did you know, uh, did you have any idea what we, what we might be contacting you about the story? It, even though it's a little bit in an echo chamber, it seems huge. It's, it's um, we're watching it unfold in, in kind of real time. Definitely. Um, I think it, it's, my colleague has explained it as, I guess, an explosive story because it's really taken hold of the community. And for a while, it just seemed to be especially the week of the only thing that people were talking about, and it still kind of is. So I was not surprised that you reached out. Wow. And is our, what kind of stories do you typically report on? Is this kind of an outlier from your, from your usual content? My two beats are children's issues, which includes anything pertaining to children, but mostly education. And then I also cover growth and development, which mainly pertains to business. So this kind of falls into my first beat, but I've also done a couple of stories concerning legal issues in the area and just, uh, you know, paging through legal documents and things like that. So this kind of did fall into my alley, but just seeing the severity, the allegations, you know, is, is a lot to see. Wow, absolutely. So this, in a way, it kind of checks off a lot of boxes in terms of, you know, the stories that you cover in kind of a a horrible way. And we'll have to get to later. I'm sure we have some budding journalists listening and would love to ask you on some tips and any expertise that you might have. So I guess first off, how did this story come to you? How did you first learn about it? It was actually my colleague, Ian. He uh, is our crime and government reporter, but he had seen that a community member had uh, seen the lawsuit and posted screenshots of the lawsuit on Facebook. So that's how we first learned about it because the suit was filed in the third judicial uh, district court, which is part of Lincoln Parish, Louisiana. We're based in Washita Parish. So we don't really see those records on a regular basis. So that's how we were alerted to the story. Wow. I can't imagine sitting at your, just trying to wake up, drink your morning cup of coffee and check the weather. And this, cause this is, this was explosive on Facebook as I'm sure you're aware. So I can't imagine just combing through that. And uh, yeah, so many, probably so many more questions arose as you learn more and more about this case. Definitely. Well, uh, Ian had told me about it at 12.30 in the morning on that Saturday. So I didn't see it until Saturday morning. The main thing was just making sure that we got comments from both parties, because again, this is these are such explosive claims that are being made and that are being filed. So the main object that morning was, you know, trying to represent this suit fairly. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it, it must be, it's a credit to you as a journalist to, rem, uh, to try to remain objective. And I think in a case that's, uh, it's so, I think, heavy in emotion with something like this. And as you said, there, there's, you know, there's two parties involved, multiple, fa- multiple families, really. Have you gotten a chance to speak to any of these families in your reporting or coverage at, at this stage? Um, So I actually have not reached out to the families because first off, I think that they're going through a lot right now, especially the family that did file the lawsuit. Um, And I don't think that their voices are necessarily needed at this point in time. Would I love to talk to them later? Yes, of course, if they're open to it. But my main goal as a journalist, and then I have other goals as well, but one of them is just really showing empathy because I think that's something that's really lost in our industry nowadays. And I wanted to make sure that, you know, I wasn't coming off as forceful or aggressive to them because again, the allegations that they're making are very serious. So at the time I only really needed to speak with the lawyers and officials involved. What do you know of Cedar Creek, the school and its reputation within Ruston? So Cedar Creek, I I would also like to mention that I am new to the area. I moved here in July and I currently live in Monroe. So I've gotten to go to Ruston a couple of times. But um, what I've learned so far about Cedar Creek is that it's a private school in Ruston, Louisiana, and it's known for its prestige. A lot of children of well-known figures in the area do attend the school and tuition is, you know, not cheap. Within the lawsuit that was filed, the family uh, listed out how much they've spent so far in the past six years that they've sent their kids here, and I can pull that number up if needed. Yes, it's it's a private school known for being very prestigious. It's K through 12, and a lot of prominent families send their kids there. Wow. And I think also in, your, in some of what you've written, well, it, it came out that one of the accused, one of the student's parents was a coach, I believe. Yes. Mm-hmm. So is that is that common in the culture? I'm maybe hearing from other people that there may be some overlay with parents kind of assuming roles within the school, like a coach or board members. Have you heard anything similar? I think I've heard one story similar to that, but uh, I haven't heard more than that. Is this is this process fun for you? Well, fun is the wrong word. I mean, in terms of it's it seems like an insurmountable mountain. You really have to kind of dig your heels in the in the research and the resources. What has that process been like for you and try and you know going through court documents and trying to obtain credible sources? I think so far it's taken a lot of patience for multiple reasons. But first and foremost, I wanted to make sure that I was reporting things that I had personally like had evidence of. I know the Rustin leader, they've done a great job reporting this as well, but they were able to access some information concerning um, summons for the alleged bullies. And I have not received those documents yet from the Rustin Police Department. So I'm not going to report on that until I have that information in front of me. And then I guess the other aspect where a patient's place in is we are a small newsroom. I am one of two reporters that work for the News Star. So in addition to covering this long term, I'm also still having to do daily stories to cover the area for both of my beats. So it's really, again, just taken a lot of patience and a lot of endurance to kind of cover this story to the extent that it deserves to be covered. Have there been other lawsuits that, to your knowledge, at Cedar Creek, or has anyone divulged that information? I guess, are are more people coming forward and expressing similar experiences that have been reported? 
I don't have evidence other lawsuits that have been filed against the school, but other folks who have attended the school in the past are coming forward with stories of experiencing bullying at the school, as well as reporting it to teachers and having nothing being done about it. So that has been a trend that I have seen dating back to, you know, 37 years ago. You know, it's hard to remember for some of us, uh, it seems like a long time ago now being back in school, but bullying is such a, uh, it's such a sensitive topic. How did you feel about hearing bullying to this magnitude? Have you had yourself any experience with bullying within school or any of your close friends? What, what has that been like for you? I will say that I did experience some bullying in school growing up, but not to the extent of this lawsuit. And yeah, I, I didn't really know much about, I guess, bullying in the schools that I went to, but it has been interesting to, you know, have people feel compelled to come forth with their stories of bullying, whether they went to Cedar Creek or not. Is there a sense in the community that people are, are fearful for their students there now if, you know, if there's this culture perhaps that allows this? I have had some folks that mentioned there being a culture where, I guess how you say it allows it, but in the sense that they've also reported to teachers and haven't seen anything effective being done. So they left the school because of that. Are they, are people upset? Like what's the reaction of the, of the community? You know, if I was a parent who was paying a a whole bunch of money or no money at all, and you know, I had a a child attending the school, I would be scared to send my child there. You know, the the funny thing is, I guess a lot of folks who are going online and talking about this, most of them are not parents who send their kids to Cedar Creek, but there have been some conversations concerning the five students who were expelled from the school and the fact that they are now attending public school and concerns about what these students may or may not be doing in their new school um, in regards to the allegations made against them. How has social media shaped your job? Because it seems like, you know, it can make things harder or easier, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, it's both a blessing and a curse, I would say. It's allowed me to reach more people, especially being someone who is recently moved here, but also in the middle of a pandemic. So it's not easy for me to reach new people and especially wanting to talk to just the general population and not just figureheads. But there are some downsides to it, you know, trying to get people who want to talk to you. If you reach out to someone who has posted something and ask for permission to use it in a story, they might say no, things like that. Has there been any response from the school or any officials in the community since the um, infamous Facebook post, I I guess I'll call it? Since that one, no, there hasn't been anything since the Facebook post, which has since been taken down. And the the video that they posted was also taken down as well. Wow. So radio silence from anybody really on that side. Yes, they've finally gotten a lawyer to represent them. But I think for the time being, they're just they're just laying low. But, you know, before it was taken down, were you able to watch the the Facebook, the um, the YouTube video that was you were? okay? you're shaking your head horrible video, which I guess hopefully no one else will now see the light of day. So it's, it's super, I think, insensitive to, to the victim. Sorry. What'd you think? I guess I was surprised, definitely. 
you know, I think I, I've done a, like a couple of reaction stories to, you know, the different moments of what's happened since the lawsuit was filed. And, you know, it's it's interesting that they um, made this decision before. Yeah, I'll, I'll just say it's interesting. <laughs> You know, from the from the video, I found <laughs> I found what I was trying to say earlier. What's evident from from this video, and it's uh, it's also I, I think referenced both in the lawsuit and, and in your reporting, is that this seemed to be, and I don't know if this is even fair to say, it, probably it's too bold common knowledge because this is such a small school. It looked like potentially other students were witnesses, even other faculty members, and. I think that's also what's it's striking about this whole story is what have you in your own kind of personal opinion what have you what do you make of this kind of collective silence in this um, student body population towards this I would say I don't want to say this as my my personal opinion but what I what I've heard from just talking with folks generally is that people are afraid to come forth and talk about it, especially if they're still connected with the school. They're, they're afraid of any potential backlash or what that might um, mean for them in terms of that, yeah. Wow, and, and that's horrible. And you, you've already said that this is, looks like looks like a generational problem with the maybe the culture with abuse at the school. It might go back, you know, this might not be an isolated incident. This might go back, you know, a while. Have you enable with your kind of feet on the ground any ideas about why the student might have been singled out at this stage that hasn't been revealed although people do ask why it keeps happening why it happened to this student in particular but there's no real reasoning that has come forth as to why they were the ones singled out wow and I, I think I have to go back to it's interesting so we know that eight students were were named and being involved in this, but only only five, I guess, were expelled to our knowledge. So we don't know about the other students and what their punishment or if they're still at the same school. Correct. Correct. That uh, is not confirmed or that is something that I have not been able to confirm yet. But it is interesting. I would like I'd be curious to understand why only five of them were expelled and not eight that were listed in the lawsuit. It sounds like, you know, we really are just, it's a waiting game and, and reasonably so. And, and we're just, when we're watching these cases unfold, it's easy to be critical of anyone you want in this, but I think it's, it's probably wise that when people are keeping their mouths closed until court proceedings are over with. And, and I, and if you live in a small town, like that could feel really scary uh, all of this going on around you and perhaps even, you know, more media spotlight coming your way. So I can see that it would be a really complex issue and hard to understand what the real facts are. And then you throw in, you know, Facebook and thousands of people who can comment and say anything. And then you're wondering what you can believe or can't believe. So I think you're just going to not know a lot of things right now. And, and I guess that's okay. Definitely. And I will say another challenge that comes with this lawsuit and reporting on it is the fact that the the people involved in this lawsuit are minors. So really a lot of things are going to be under seal until they decide to come forward about it just to protect their privacy as minors. Do you have any, I think this would be a great opportunity as well. Do you have any tips for anyone that might want to be you someday and, and do what you're doing and 
yeah, what are some are some good journal journalistic practices in this age? That's such a funny question to get because this is my my first reporting job out of college. So, but I guess I don't know. I think the most helpful thing that you can do is just to get as much experience as you can before going out into the field and kind of figuring out what you have a knack for. Like I would say, you know, I've all, like my big reporting trick has always been like having that empathetic like bone in my body and it's allowed me to handle more sensitive stories um and you know feeling compelled to want to tell them thoroughly and tell them well some people are great at political reporting not me <laughs> so I think it's really just finding out where your strengths lie because that plays a huge part in what you report on so yeah, I, I think that's one of the most helpful things you can do. And just to read a lot, they say the more you read, the better you'll write. So that that's also another place to start. And then just to, you know, not be afraid to ask dumb questions. That's a big one. Great. I have plenty of those. <laughs> is there any, since you mentioned how important reading is, is there anything that you're reading or any podcasts that you are tuned into that you would like to get the word out there? Well, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the the podcast that I used to work for, which would be anything by the Drag Audio Production House. So we produce The Orange Tree, Request Pending, and uh, they're going to be releasing a new true crime podcast about a suit that took place in Ecuador. So that's going to be exciting to hear about. But honestly, I'm really into reading a lot of fiction, you know, which doesn't play a lot into uh, nonfiction and reporting on real life. But I think it does allow for you to like see different types of like writing styles and things like that. And just kind of seeing how you can make your stories interesting for other people to read while using real facts. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I love that. I think the empathy is kind of the motivation behind, I think, what you do. And I can certainly see it in your writing and your uh, coverage of, of this story. And uh, Michelle is a big fan of Teen Mom, so uh, which is not fiction. It's just uh, doesn't seem sometimes true to life. But I think we all need a break with, you know, with this content. It's heavy. And so that's I think that's a great reminder. So is there anything that you would like our listeners to know before we we part ways? I would just say, you know, subscribe to your local news, newspaper, news station, um, local news is the way to go. In addition to, you know, getting news from your national and regional and state news outlets, you know, we're on the ground too. So, and anything that we can do to help y'all, that's what we're here for. So feel free to send tips or things like that. I just hope people grow in understanding that journalists are here to help people, especially local journalists. We're not here to do anything other than that. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. Thank you for speaking with us. No, thank you for having me.